going on, Jordan? Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Still waiting for the coffee to kick in, but we'll get there. That's always my scariest moment is when I feel your coffee kick in because I feel it on my side. <laughs> you feel like you're you're not going to be able to uh, be on my level of caffeine. Though? You just you hit boost, and I'm like, fuck. He he, just, <sighs> he hit it. I don't. I can't catch up now. <laughs> you need to bring coffee. Mm, I had my coffee earlier. Probably actually, I feel earlier. I, yeah. I feel hungover today. <laughs> I had my my one glass of wine, uh, wild times, and literally Ooh. that's all it takes. You're middle aged now. <laughs> <laughs> one glass, man, it's over. I don't feel well today. Try this. Try having like three or four glasses, and then see if that helps. Maybe, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> maybe that'll make it better. I'm always afraid, even opening a bottle. I'm like terrified. It's like, oh, should we try this? Yeah, let's have it. Open the bottle. Oh, right. If you open I, the bottle, you can't not drink the whole thing. I mean, storing it's like. Oh, I didn't drink the whole work. thing. I just drink one and throw it out, which I know sounds terrible. You throw the whole bottle out? <laughs> I'll throw the whole bottle out. But I'll put it somewhere where I think I'm going to drink it later. And then, real talk, it doesn't get drank. You know which? Wait the only, it the turns only into most. Vinegar. The only bottles that I've finished recently were the, the two bottles you bought me. Well, I'm honored. I'm they were you guys delicious like a, too, by the way. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get you guys like a nitrogen storage thing, like those things that you can put in bottles of wine, and it like displaces all the air in the bottle, so you can store it for a long time. That way, the, you can finish it later. Bottles in my refrigerator or whatever. A bunch of half, yeah. <laughs> You'll be like the little girl in signs with just half drank bottles of wine everywhere. I just want little bottles of wine. Why? Did, why isn't that a thing? <laughs> They have them in like hotel rooms. Why don't they have? Yeah, why don't they sell yeah, them at like? Liquor that's stores? all I need. Mm. I'm not trying mm. to have two drinks. One is just enough to get me hungover as hell. Big liquor executives, if you're listening, please give us smaller <laughs> bottles of wine. <laughs> you know what I did watch with my hangover wake up or my terrible sleep? Um, I watched Social Dilemma, and I just want I... to thank Tristan Harris for finally creating a movie about everything that I've been talking about forever. So. Thank you for putting that together for me. I really appreciate you putting a movie together. I, I saw the, I watched the trailer the other day. It seems, uh, yeah, like pretty closely aligned with a lot of the stuff that we talk about. Yes, yes. I feel vindicated. My narcissist. So you'd, you'd recommend it? I would recommend it. I would recommend it. It puts everything concisely together in a way that I think is understandable to everybody. Whether or not we end up holding on to the information long term um, and changing something about it, mm. uh, I would say is a whole other thing. But I like the fact that it's very easily digestible and relatable. Um, as far as like I understand, a small bottle of wine. It's like a small bottle of wine. <laughs> it's like a small bottle of wine. Except I think for this one, it should it should lead to a very strong hangover so that you remember it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out. I saw, yeah, a lot of people have been like posting about it and I saw, I stumbled across the trailer on Netflix and it is, it looks interesting, depressing, but interesting. I mean, that's what, I mean, kind of what we're all about. Depressing Mm -hmm. and interesting. (laughs) The inhuman condition. Depressing and interesting. There are two words that you could choose to describe it, yeah. Uh, What else is new? What did you do this weekend? Other than get one glass of wine, drunk, hungover. Uh, I made a Tarzan rope swing that goes across a, a, a creek. A, the creek that's fun, um, all the way across. Well, I gotta it. It it's long enough to go all the way across. Except I didn't get it to. I didn't get the rope to mount directly in center of the creek. So I got to go up there. I got to um, you know talk myself into doing something stupid and climbing a little higher on the tree because the the part where I mounted it is about thirty feet above the creek. So I got to climb up there and shimmy it down, which I'm a little nervous about. But I feel like you know, if you insult me enough, you could talk. <laughs> you could talk me into doing it. So I know what I'm doing this. <laughs> so yeah, it can swing there, and then you go over the other side. Except it's too high at that point. So if you dropped, it'd be. It seems pretty dangerous. Um, so I got to move it down. My cousins used to rent this house in Milford that was on the side of the steep ass hill that went down over the Milford River and they built a rope swing like that and you could swing down over it. But it was like you'd have so much speed because it was on a hill that like, I mean, even if you just 
didn't kick off or didn't get a running start or anything, you would just be flying down this hill. And I did it one time and I was like, all right, never again. It was just like the most horrifying thing as an adult to do. So Yeah, I have rope burn on my hands. And then I decided to put a loop where your foot goes because uh, the kids wanted to try it. And I was like, I, you know, I, I, I think that I pride myself on being a pretty strong guy. <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to like be able to hang on, you know. You could do like a, a circular like wood base or something almost that you could sit on. That'd be a cool because then it'd be easy to get, you know, just to swing on and then like get off. Right, right, right. Without getting hung up. Yeah. What about you? Mm, drove around a lot yesterday when saw some friends met up outside at like a brewery socially distant beers that was cool <laughs> but and then went over to another friend's house on that side of town so did a couple hundred miles probably in the convertible and just like totally sunburnt today which is cool but mm, you do look red it. you're coming through as red yeah i'm always <laughs> that's just my ambient skin tone too i'm just pink your T-zone, man. Your T-zone's all red. Your nose and your uh, your upper brow. I think that's what that's referred to as. I Sounds like a skin cream thing, probably, yeah. <laughs> I think so. But yeah, other than that, just uh, just chilling out, doing dog things. That's Training cool. him. Dude, he's starting to ring the bell to go outside sometimes. It's oh, crazy. He's like, shit. his little brain's picking shit up. Not bad. You're doing yeah. a good job. I'm just beating him repeatedly daily. And that's that works. That's how <laughs> that's how we teach our children things. It's great. Just kidding, Peta. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I mean, it, it's like very very slow. But we, I just ring the bell when we take him outside. You know, every yeah. time, just so he kind of associates the bell with wanting to go outside. And then, yeah, I, I, every once in a while, I'll just be sitting here and I'll hear the bell ring. I'm like, why the hell is there a bell ring? And I'm like, oh shit! And then I run over and he goes out and he takes a leak and comes back in. I'm like, cool. That's so, cool progress slightly less pee inside slightly more pee outside everybody's happy i've been planning for my dog that's never going to come and looking at these like first i thought i had this idea did we talk about this off air for an automatic door where like it registers something on their collar and then it opens up a door like when you're going into a convenience they have store. those i know bro but i came up with this idea that's my that's <laughs> It was my idea. No. So I, I thought I was on to something, but like every other invention that you think you came up with, uh, someone else did it like 20 years ago already. So yeah, I was like looking into these things for a dog that I'm, who knows if it is ever going to come to me or if someone just took my deposit yeah. and ran off. You definitely want those there. You don't want like a uh, coyotes just walking through the dog door and right. eating your dog. So yeah, that would be a good idea. Right. Right. Well, I hope you get your dog. So that we can commiserate in our dog's dog war stories. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, but I feel like it's never going to happen. You can always get another one. You don't have to wait for the... I know what I've committed. Like I've built yeah, it up. And now it's just going to let me down. They're scamming you, though. You can... <laughs> I don't think they're scamming, but I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Well, let, let me know if we have to track them down. <laughs> intimidate them into giving you a dog sure we'll just put them on I blast can't. on here with to our huge audience that listens and they'll yeah, definitely dude. go out of business <laughs> speaking of our audience thank you everybody for subscribing listening noticing that lots of our old episodes are still getting listened to so that's good it's good that uh you know we've got a, a nice backlog for you to listen to try to keep them semi-topical but not too topical so they're still relevant so Good job picking up on that. <laughs> if you want to email us, inhumanpod at gmail.com or at inhumanpod anywhere on the social networks that you are a member of, go ahead and follow us. Michael posts maybe stuff sometimes. Sometimes. I've, I've got, I posted last week. Yeah. <laughs> if the mood strikes him, Michael posts the episodes. If not, tough shit. <laughs> that, wait, the episodes always get posted, they don't always get advertised on social media. Or announced on oh, social media. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Got it. Yeah, yeah, They're there every week. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but they might not get posted on social media. Right, right. You just may not find them on social media platforms because I hate social media and I think it's terrible. So, so with it. that. <laughs> with that. <laughs> what, are we, uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, I want to talk about campaign finance because I feel like, I mean, in many ways it's obvious that I think it's a bad way to 
choose our leaders, but I think in the most recent years, uh, the message has not, you know, I feel like I remember in previous years, the message being a little more, this is not the right word, but it's coming to mind, like discreet in the way that they were asking for money. They would say like, support us. Or they would say things like that, like support the party or support our cause. And now when I'm on YouTube, there's a ad um, that is straight up just saying that this party has outfinanced us. We need you to give us money or to donate money so that we can, you know, win elections. Right. This is my summary of it. But they literally ask for money specifically. Give us money. Um and I just feel like if we're getting to the point where we're asking directly of, I don't know, future constituents or our current constituents, you know, whatever, the, the politicians are asking the, the citizens to give money. I mean, this, this whole thing is like a big, crazy contradiction because isn't this like you're essentially asking to undermine the democratic process openly <laughs> And this is just insane to me that it's not, it's, again, it's not even a covert message anymore. <clears throat> yeah. And this has a tie in, you know, because I, I think there's an election coming up. So it's good that we're is talking there? about this now. Okay. I, 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 I is that why the ads are coming it. to me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess at the foundation, what's scary just generally is like how efficient and effective advertising is just sure. generally, right? Like this wouldn't be a problem if, you couldn't if attack ads wouldn't be a problem for example if they weren't so effective but yet people are so susceptible to outside suggestion in like you know it's probably mostly confirmation bias it's like i knew hillary was a crook and now this fucking commercial with like you know weird sources that i've never heard of confirmed it um or like these these factoids out of context without any background or in you know I can come up with anything about anybody and if I show one side of it, I can make it look bad. But part of the problem is, yeah, that people are just so open to it. And I mean, vote how you want to vote. I guess that's fine. But I think like it's very, very clear that with the changes in campaign, campaign finance law over the past decade in particular, that none of this would be, a problem if it weren't for the fact that that shit works. Um, I guess the big turning point as far as my understanding of it was citizens United. And are you familiar with that? Um, is this where you can make small packs or like small donations? Well, just explain it to me before I just talk for no reason. It basically <laughs> enabled corporations and other groups to spend unlimited funds on elections. So I think if, to summarize it, it's like before that was not kosher. Now you can consider like a corporation, like a grouping of its people who have, you know, a shared interest. And so it is okay for corporations to donate, like I think unlimited sums of money to political campaigns. Hmm. So that just unlocked. I mean, that's like that opened the floodgates for unlimited lobbying basically right like i can you know if my corporation does x and you are pro x and the other guy's anti-x i can contribute tens of millions of dollars to making sure that the candidate of my choice secures their seat and the other guy does not um which is different than you know the power of a corporation is a lot different than the power of the individuals that make it up and the decisions they're in right like there are people within the company we're all individual. We don't all, you know, we're not as polarized in that way. So I think, I I mean, just to take a step further back, it's like in a country, in a world where the political system is already very polarized. It seems like things like citizens United just further polarize us, right? Because then it just allows corporations to feed into that, allows them to spend huge amounts of money deciding a or B and rather than, you know, empowering the individuals that make, corporations and society have to sort of cast their vote however they see fit so i mean it's yeah rule changes like that just I mean, perpetuates the problem though, that we've if you looked at just the amount of money there are just looking at presidential campaigns going back before that 20 years ago when you look at the amounts of millions you know like each campaign cycle 
being, you know, a billion dollars uh, over the last 20 years. Um, that obviously changed the way they can donate. But in general, it's like, are, is this a democracy or, you know, are we acknowledging that there's disparities? And I feel like both, uh, if you're talking, you know, directly, like both parties would acknowledge that there's disparities, economic disparities, their way of tackling it or their ideas of, I don't know, equalizing those disparities are obviously very different. Um, however, this is like a, a straight up call to arms for disparity. Like, hey, give us all of your money and then we can overwhelm someone else so that there isn't a democratic process. There's just, we'll use these, as you're suggesting, clever marketers and we'll give them a bunch of money and they'll become more clever with their marketing and all the tools we have. And then we'll overwhelm people so that it's not a democratic process. It's a submission or an attempt. <clears throat> I mean, I guess on the flip, flip side to play devil's advocate, it's like, you know, fundamentally, I, I guess I understand why advertising, political advertising, campaign finance, having to get outside funding is necessary. I mean, we're this isn't a small town that we're talking about where you could potentially get your name out there and, and win an election based on merit and reputation alone right i mean there's how many people are in this country alone i don't know 300 ish plus or something minus like that something I don't know. so yeah i mean to get in the ear of enough to win a majority individuals would have to seek outside funding that's just the reality i get that um it's just man yeah I, it just seems like it's gone off the rails it's like whoever get can gain the most capital oftentimes at least it seems to be able to win um and whoever's willing to kind of take the gloves off and use that money in a way that's you know like the attack ad thing it just seems like such a fucked up thing i mean there are worse like you see worse things said on commercials where people are running for a seat in the government than you do in like any other you know, it's like it's it's like you'd think that these are the best of the best, and yet they're like the dirtiest of the dirty. You know, you watch these ads, and it's like Jesus Christ! Like you're attacking this guy's like fucking morals because you can't win based on your merit. You have to like knock this guy down a few notches so that you sully some people's opinion of him. Like I just nowhere else do you see that kind of negativity. You know, in the approach to like getting somewhere I, I don't know it's just very and to do that every two to four years like we're just perpetually like i mean once in a while we have this off year but more or less we're just subjected to this all the time and and i feel like it just makes you also in addition to polarizing us just makes you kind of generally hate all of them <laughs> like mm, i feel like everybody's like well it's the fucking lesser of the two evils it's like so we're acknowledging that the two people, the two people who, one of which will be the most powerful man in the world, or, you know, I guess allegedly, um, maybe not anymore, or these people running for, you know, Senate or Congress or what have you, we're just acknowledging that they're all fucking terrible at this point. Like, it's very open that they're all compromised morally by these donations and by the things that they've had to do to get these positions of power. And that's just the best we can do now, because what's the alternative? We don't know about anybody else. No one else has the capital to get their name in front of us. So it just perpetuates itself over and over. You know, there were a lot of things that uh, the the Supreme Ruler has, had talked about before, <laughs> before actually winning the election, one of them being campaign finance reform, I believe. I mean, I, Obama talked about that as well, but uh, also... Uh, the Donald uh, talked about changing things, draining the swamp, all the things with electoral college that I remember he was very adamant about until he succeeded and then just forgot to talk about that anymore. But anyway, um, it, it seems like everyone recognizes it, but then we just, you know, oh, just business as usual. It's just a talking point that we remember during an election cycle and that we forget about. And, you know, I, I don't know why we don't look to... Um, other institutions as models like to my understanding uh british parliament when they're campaigning there's a certain budget that's worked into their 
tax base and please uh, look this up as I have not looked it up. This is just for my whenever I'm listening understanding. So whoever's there, please do the research on this and don't take my word for this entirely. Do your own research. Anyway, uh, to my understanding of it, and after you do your research, you'll have your own understanding. Uh, people that are in British government have a certain budget that they have to use and they have a certain time period uh, when they have to use it. And that's how they get you know, their ad out or whatever you want to call it. That's how they make their case. Uh, for us, meaning there's a budget cap, they're not given money, so it's like they well, allow no, no, you to no, spend no. X dollars. I think in certain offices, there is a, a certain amount worked into their campaigns that is like part of government. That once they're like elected enough times, you know, like through their smaller constituencies, it's subsidized by the government, they give them in a marketing budget. This is how I understand it. So, again, to everyone out there, if you're hearing me talk about this, please understand it for yourself and look it up. Um, we don't prepare our episodes. It's just kind of whatever comes to mind. <laughs> so that's why this came to mind during the conversation. So please check it out for me. Um, but anyway, yes, to my understanding, whether it's either given to them or subsidized by the government or worked into their tax code, there is a, a cap on it and there is a time period. These parts I feel very certain about. Um, and that's how it is determined. So there's not this never ending or you know search for donations and trying to overpower people and you know further empowering media organizations and creating these pretty much inseparable alliances between um, certain media organizations and um, political parties which i feel like is is you know the implications of this seem so obvious yet no one no one worries about the fact that uh there, you know, all of our news organizations have some political affiliation because that's where they're going or not some political affiliation, but almost in, are entirely politically affiliated. And those parties that are earning money are going to spend all of their money putting ads into, you know, those media organizations and obviously influence mm -hmm. a lot. So, yeah, you looked like you were looking something up. Did you find anything? I was just it's more, yeah, more complex than I'm going to be able to like pour through while you're Understand talking while but, we're talking um yeah i mean the problem also fundamentally too is just like i don't it's one of those things where there's it seems like there's there's ways of improving this process but there's not ways of with every solution you create other problems right of i mean course. that's that there's this complexity sure. there i think the problem is we know that people aren't trustworthy enough to have like longer term office or lo longer term uh, appointments and things like that. I mean, like the Supreme Court is is one kind of exception there, and that has its own problems, um, as we're about to find out. The other issue too, outside of just the campaign finance and and everything we're talking about, is like then we're in we're living that right now, where it seems like nothing is getting done because we're all just waiting for the the election, mm -hmm. right? It's like everyone's mm -hmm. like holding shit hostage, trying to push some things through, trying to wait to not push things through so they can make the other guys the bad guys if they win. You know, it's just like this shitty purgatory every fourth year when it comes to the presidential election and every other year for um, the others. It's just like, yet the solution to that, what, would be to make longer terms, but then we would run into other issues so unfortunately it just all kind of boils down to like people being fucking terrible and not being able to like this whole politics like the motive to get into it we've talked about this before but whether or not people started off with the the right things and morality and making the world a better place and improving life for you know their constituents aside it seems like when you're talking about like the upper echelons of politics at least in this country there are very few people that I could point to and say like, oh, okay, they're, I think they're really like genuinely good people and they're in it for the right reasons. Like nobody yeah. in, I, I can't think of anybody right now that would come to mind that I would say like, oh, okay. On either side of the aisle, I, you know, and it's just like, that's the problem. You know, I think like the, the, the campaign finance issues, like there are ways of fixing, I think like overturning Citizens United and doing some other things to, limit the spending and set some ground rules on top of the checks and balances that are already in place to try to 
put the gloves back on a little bit uh, would help. But the reality is still that, I mean, look at the people that we're, we're elevating. Look at the, I mean, these are, these are the best we can do with the way that things are set up right now. And it's like, Jesus, I have a choice between two geriatric old men that are like losing their fucking minds, like in front of us, losing their minds. And they have the cognitive ability of old, old, old men. And like, they're supposed to make the decision for like everybody from, you know, an 18 year old who wants to get an abortion to a 95 year old who wants some health care because he's got health issues due to a pandemic that could have been controlled better. And he's, he's on the verge of death, but can't afford insurance like, and everything in between, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's broken. I see. I feel like, I mean, I'm curious now. So you're, you're talking about the consequences of it. I, I, I would rather take the consequence of longer term cycles. I, I feel like it would keep down the racket. And you pick, and we take our consequence, and you know, hopefully everything is operating well enough. With you know, um, I don't know. There's some ideal world that this place gets to, where the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branch balance each other out enough that it doesn't matter if there's a two-year term cycle. Um, they figure out a way to operate because they're not just worried about being flipped all the time. And I mean, obviously the judicial branch, different story, but they're not worried about being flipped over all the time. So therefore there is some sort of trajectory. When I think about governing whatever it was, you know, 300 million people, um, yeah, uh, when this game began, the country, the game of the country began, there clearly weren't 300 million people living here. Uh, so therefore governing with you know, potentially smaller um, term lengths or shorter term lengths uh, may have been a good idea back then. Everything was shorter. Um, now, things that we're working on span, you know, like many, many years, many generations. Um, I think it's difficult to just move something a few inches and then hopes that someone is going to come along and move it again another few inches. And I do feel well, like it just... I was just going to say, or conversely move it right back a, sure. a few inches. It, it, that's sure. whatever we live right now. It's like, yeah, well, the GOP will move it left and then, or right. And then we'll move it left and then they will move it back. Right. And then, and so it's like years and years and years of just flip flopping and almost sure. no, and it's like no progress either way. It's like, we're yeah, just yeah. fighting. We're just spending money. <laughs> we're just spending, spending money, money to hate each other. <laughs> that's burning all. through resource taxpayer dollars to just fight because, yeah, and I don't even know that they agree with the things that they're fighting for and against. It's just, I oppose you, so I'm going to do everything I can to prevent you from succeeding, basically. Because that shows to my constituency that I'm fighting for them, even though they sure. don't understand the nuance of that. Right, right. But to, you know, like to your earlier point, if there's such a focus on a re-election, then that short-term length is even shorter. Because what do you have? fucking six months of putting in some work. And then it's like, uh-oh, the primary, primary, primaries, you know, I'm being a smart ass, but like the, it's like Christmas Eve, 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 Eve's coming. So let me yeah. prepare for, it's like, geez, man, just do work. Okay. Do work. People will vote. If you did a good job, I mean, I, I mean, clearly we're not there. If you do a good job, they'll want you back. And if you don't, they'll want somebody else there. <laughs> but like trying to, yeah, play this game of like, I don't know, creating, it's like a dog and pony show, man. The whole fuck, I don't know. The whole thing is like an expensive dog and pony show. It's like, Here's I'd a hot just, take. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but, and I, I mean, this is like a nice on paper, hard to execute thing, but I think that we would be better off in modern society and with the problems that we face to have a much smaller government and give a few individuals a lot more power now of course the people that we would give a lot more power would be i mean that could be extremely fucking problematic if they were the wrong people um but you know it's like in product development right so like in what i do there there are basically like two core ways of building shit waterfall which is kind of the old way where it would be like we're gonna spend 
weeks or months writing this full spec and it's going to have every little bit of detail and every little thing that we do and every little output and input and whatever is going to be thought through on paper and prototyped. And then I'm going to throw a spec over a fence to a bunch of engineers. Let's say if it's in the case of like software development or something, that's going to be build this and we will not deviate from that. I mean, there are obvious exceptions there, but it's like, here's the thing that I want you to build. Here's the blueprint, build it. That's waterfall. Agile development is kind of the newer way of, of uh, building things out. And it's a lot more loose, right? So it's like, here's generally what we want to do. We're still going to kind of write a spec and a prototype or whatever, but things will change every second, minute, hour, day, based on the changing needs of what you're trying to accomplish, what the goals of, of you know the product that you're developing are. That is kind of a necessity of the way that the world's changed. I mean, in like digital software developments, like by the time you spend months writing the spec, people could be using different devices. They could have different consumption behaviors. We could have new data that tells us that they're using, you know, the product in a different way, whatever. So writing this full full-fledged waterfall spec and expecting to have the outcome be the outcome that you set out to have in the beginning might not be the case. And so most people have moved to agile development. That requires people to be pretty fluid and it requires individuals to have the, the power and the authority to say, this is what we're doing and this is why. And like, we just, we have to roll with it. You can't just have constant pushback and be like, well, it has to go through all these processes and I have to have like 27 checks and balances and sign offs. It's like, that just doesn't work anymore. And so, I mean, that's effectively like what product managers are doing now, or it's like, I'm taking in all the different data points. I'm like, okay, we have to shift directions. We have to do this now. And like, it sucks because that's not what we want to do in the beginning. But now what do you want to do? Do you want to do the thing that we set out to do in the beginning? Because that's what we said we were going to do. Or do you want to do the thing that we know is going to work better? And it might mean that you lost cycles spinning your wheels in the beginning, but you've now shifted direction successfully towards this new goal. That feels like where we're at in government it feels like we've developed you know again a very we've talked about this in the past a very stout form of government a very stout system with these checks and balances in place but for a time where you know messages were still in, still being carried by a fucking horseback and we had a much much smaller country with less complex problems than we do now now the rest of the world moves at a rate that's exponentially faster than our government can react to, right? There are people just sending text and sending data across the world instantaneously all the time. And there's all these conflicting ideas out there and there's all this shit happening. And then you've got the government trying to pass legislation like months or years later to react to that. I mean, nothing, I mean, think about all the things in the news right now and like nothing is ever happening in, in legislature, for example, to, account for it um at a federal level both because it's they're not agile and also because it just it's too complex and and everything is so fragmented and that's just kind of where that's like the reality of today is where everything is deadlocked all the time because so many people have veto power and you see this in business all the time too where you give too many people the ability to interject and nothing gets done or you end up with Mm. the pontiac aztec it's like it's like designed by committee where everyone had an input and it's like it's got to be this big and it's got to have this feature and that thing and that that's the favorite example that everybody in automotive always uh, uses but yeah it's like you let everybody have a, a opinion and you don't have like a chief designer who's like this is the aesthetic I'm going for and you guys will have to deal with making your cup holder fit in the space that I give you but this is what the car has to look like and it has to be beautiful that's when you end up with a nice package but when you're like everyone provide their requirement and we will appease everyone shit never works out you end up with a fucking ugly car i will say that in regards to pandemic response it seems like more um governors or let's say on a state level officials have used this approach you know by giving or by putting in place executive orders and then you know uh, they put things in play and then there are others that are, you know, either upset about them and trying to have them repealed. Um, like I know there's a for in Michigan for the for Governor Whitmer, there, you know, is like a large group of people that um, there's like this large petition. I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, they're trying to um, 
basically stagnate her progression or, you know, take her to court and say that these things are um, unethical or uh, unconstitutional. So in that way, I feel like that has, you know, has been a response that we have seen just recently, but in response to a tragedy. So, yeah, what you're saying is like if that agility existed all the time, perhaps that could be um, a better way of operating. Uh, I do say I do feel, though, that, um, yeah, if it operates in the same way that you guys are producing product, that that might be a little scary for me just because I feel like uh, as a society, we don't change as much as like the technology is changing. But obviously, I know that you're just using that as an analogy. So, you know, we would have to have some sort of way of, uh, you know, keeping a a process agile, but, you know, thoughtful and conservative, perhaps not not like party conservative, but just being being informed and thoughtful. Um, But, yeah, I guess that would lead to we would have to choose carefully and who we have. But that I mean, that seems like an interesting idea. There was, um, I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode. There's a guy named Brett Weinstein who he's got a podcast, the Dark Horse podcast. He's a professor. He's a, I think, a evolutionary biologist. He had the idea for this thing, you know, especially in regards to to the what are like polarization or fragmentation as citizens, um, called Unity Twenty Twenty, and. I think he's just trying to, you know, I think it's it, it'd be very ideal if it worked out, but it's probably, I mean, clearly not going to work out this year. But just I, I think he's trying to, gain, you know, uh, spread this idea. But basically you get, you know, the number one pick of the Democratic Party, the number one pick of the Republican Party, and they serve together and one will serve as president and the other as vice president. And then after their terms, they flip flop. So I know I've mentioned this before, hmm. but like that could be, you know, a potential, like if these sort of issues are, or, um, if our government is restructured in the way where um, there's not fear of like one party's influence, perhaps being completely obsolete because there's like, uh, you know, someone's like pushing them out entirely, either because of finance or because of manpower or whatever. It's like, if we're a democracy, it's probably not a good idea to hush out other people's voices. So, Maybe this would be a good idea of, well, hey, you guys are stuck together. Figure out how to do it. And there's, you know, there's no, um, it's like you're both going to take turns doing it. So it's not like I can silence you entirely. If you guys are both, you know, in this example, president, you'll take your first four years as president and I'll be vice president. And then we're going to flip flop. So it, it, it would almost seem, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's a way to do it. It would almost seem impossible to completely drown out, you know, another voice, right? And then perhaps there wouldn't be the susceptibility of stagnation because of everyone being afraid of uh, short term, you know, short um, election term consequences, like oh, term length consequences, and maybe uh, the power wouldn't be as much in the money as it is now, but we would have a different way of operating entirely. Because right now it just seems to me. Money, 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 money based. Money, money, money based. And, and you know, we, I know everyone gets upset when others say like voting is a waste of time or voting is pointless, but it is with a certain asterisk. It's like voting for the guy without the money is pointless. And that's, that's disappointing. (laughs) That's disappointing. You know, because if it should be choice, I I don't think it should matter who's, you know, caked up obviously there are so many people and we have to perpetuate their i'm sorry we have to you know spread their information we have to get people to know them but i really find it hard to believe that with all of the how sharp media companies are now we're pretty sophisticated as a society we act like fucking cavemen but in, in, in as far as our ability goes um, I just, I really have doubts that there aren't a group of people that can come together and figure out a better way to do this. It just seems like there's a reluctance to do it this way because there's too much of a power and a profit incentive to continue doing it the way that it's going. Yeah. I mean, getting, getting a handful of candidates, like we're talking about the presidential election getting a handful of candidates. I think the harder process is narrowing it, narrowing the list down to something that's manageable, getting the people to that point. I think once you're at, you know, the point that we're at now, like getting two people 
airtime to talk and debate and whatever like that's relatively solvable i mean we could you could do that on youtube now and just say like this is going to be the day we're going to do it it's free you know neither candidate even has to pay for that that's fine so there's no real issue there but it's like getting to that point i mean the tens of millions of dollars that each of these candidates all spent uh, bloomberg and klobuchar and all these people who now are knocked out and they're not doing mm-hmm. anything and it's like so to, but to get to that point to have gotten their name on the board you know there's not necessarily an easier way for that especially since it's not like they're it's not like some sort of political runoffs where these people are working their way up the ranks and it's like oh they ran you know they were mayor and then they were governor and then they were this and then they were that it was like a lot of these people are they're just a mayor and then they're like i want to run for president and then to get to make that hopscotch they have to spend a huge amount of money to get their name out there so that they are on the list so that you know maybe ultimately that means nothing because they get knocked out but um it did it did get them to that point solving for that is i think fairly complex um but yeah i mean the the unlimited like the the no cap it's like the same thing like this this is like what's going on in formula one right now oh this uh, yeah, yeah same thing i guess sort of sort um you know it's like mercedes they don't have there's no budget caps right now on what they can spend mercedes you know they moved into this turbo hybrid era uh, about a decade ago where drivetrains changed mercedes just seemed to be able to pick that up they also have like you know they're obviously a huge manufacturer and they've just been dominating and every year they get better at perfecting the technology and the smaller teams get smaller and smaller because they lose sponsors because they're just they're like seconds and seconds behind mercedes and it's not even in terms of watching the races to see who wins it's not even fun anymore because you always know it's going to be mercedes with like a couple of exceptions um they're finally going to introduce budget caps so i think it's well because of the pandemic i think they shifted it back a year so it was going to be 2021 now it's going to be 2022 they're going to cap what everybody can spends can spend um and they're going to introduce other rules to prevent this kind of thing from happening because otherwise if you just have unchecked development and these teams with huge amounts of money who have been securing their lead can just get the best engineers they have the best resource they can you know obviously there are exceptions and people can engineer around that for potentially less money but it's so rare that that happens because money does it's the great equalizer right like it, it, with enough money you can solve most problems um and everybody's very hopeful that that's going to level the playing field again because you know to the point where i mean mercedes is dominated for so long that they have more to lose that they uh, there's potential that they may even just decide they've they walk away from Formula One because they've like what do they need to prove? They've they've been the most winningest team in history. There's no way to to top that. So maybe they walk away and they get into a different form of motorsport at that point. I'm just postulating, but like that's the kind of outcome that's possible because of that because they can't just fucking sweep the floor with everybody anymore. And that's the kind of thing that I mean, if you imagine that translating, you know, very structured but carefully thought out campaign finance limitations to like what people can spend at what phase, how much time the the sitting president can like spend going around and campaigning, you know, it's like, he's imagine if you have a job, like a desk job or whatever, and you're spending like 25% of your time just like politicking and trying to like get your promotion, you know, and it wouldn't your boss go like, bro, you've got a job to do that. I'm paying you to fucking do chill out. Like I don't have time for you to spend a quarter of your time trying to get the next job within the company. You've got this one. Do the fucking job. Everybody knows who you are and what you stand for because you've been doing the job. So if there's a promotion for you, I'm going to give it to you. But otherwise, just sit the fuck down. People outside of the company can be doing that, but that's not really on you. And that's another thing that's it's frustrating is like, not only are they spending a ton of our money to get to this next step, they're allowed to spend unlimited amounts of it. They're also allowed to waste our time and our tax dollars to get around and to campaign on the plane that we pay for with the secret service that we find it, you know, it's just like sure huge conflict of interest. Um, so there are a whole swath of different things that while I don't think they're going to solve the problem fundamentally, I think they would bring us back to a point where it's at least a little bit more manageable. And by the way, the information flows a lot more freely now. It seems like if anything, you know, it's a bigger country to some extent, or I mean, it's a bigger country, but to some extent the, 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 publicity aspect of it seems more attainable now i mean they're fucking 12 year olds making like 50 billion dollars a year like (laughs) promoting like 
you know, doing unboxing videos on YouTube, I think we can get presidential candidates some airtime in a way that's accessible by the masses uh, for, you know, a lower sum. I mean, yeah, the the problem with that, too, though, is like all the subsequent businesses that are, you know, that are in operation for the sole fact that, you know, perhaps, in a, you know, I'm, I'm curious to know what the profits look like during election cycles. But, you know, the large industries are now incentivized to keep this going. So would it be would it be viable? Would they want to give up that? You know, would there be a push to give that up or would we just kind of be fooled in some sort of other way? But, the, you know, this whole thing, it, it really feels like it's like campaign finance, but it feels a lot like populism, you know. And populism, let's be honest here, uh, everyone that is from a conservative spectrum that's listening, be honest with me right now. You don't even have to tell me. You would love it if Ted Cruz was your president right now. And we all would. We would all love it instead of who we got going on. I know that there are probably others of you that are happy with the situation, but I would say the majority of the Republican Party secretly if they weren't worried about getting slandered by a populist uh let's call him a, whatever the president uh i would say that you guys would push the button for ted cruz right now and just swap him over and this is different because i know he was he he wasn't ahead in in ad spend okay but the sums are still gigantic all right so he made his way mostly through populism but in my opinion if you have reach to get a billion dollars, that is populism. You're essentially just a celebrity that is a, you know, a face that we're, you're asking me to donate money to you or to donate to a party and you're not really giving me any deliverables. You're just a celebrity. So this maybe, you know, obviously he didn't win based on financing, but this is an example of populism gone wrong so why don't we put some damn cap on how much people can make how much they can spend what kind of popularity contest you can have um and then yeah just stick to issues stick you know again i know that the information has to get out there but there's definitely an incentive and a profit structure worked in right now um to make you feel like you're part of a you know democratic process but really we're all just trying to like buy off the other team or the other idea. And this is, this is disappointing. The other thing is too, I mean, this isn't really finance specific, but at the end of the day, I guess the thing that keeps coming back to me is, you know, this, this whole system that was set up is effectively to appoint people to act as our proxy. Um, because we can't be there. We can't, you know, there's too many fucking people, but when, this system was enacted, you know, or, or, or the American form of government in particular, again, hundreds of years ago. I mean, like 200 plus years ago at this point. So things have changed dramatically. You know, we're, we don't like the, the need for proxy because we're, we're weeks of riding by horseback detached from what's going on in Washington. Like that, the need for that has changed pretty significantly, right? Like you, we know the second a vote happens, what the outcome... We know while a vote is happening, what the outcome is looking like. We know we, we are connected near instantaneously to everything in the world now. And it strikes me that that's... The, that we should consider that and, and think about different ways to... Enact, like, why, why is the feedback loop, like, these layers of, like, local and regional and state and whatever, and then all the way up to this one guy who's supposed to... He's supposed to just make up, however slim the, the majority is, he's supposed to make up the opinion of kind of the majority of citizens who elected him, which also isn't even the fucking case because of the Electoral College. That's how absurd this whole system is. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, yeah. even if we solve that problem, you've got a guy who, worst case scenario, is, is only representing 51% of the country, and he's supposed to make decisions very quickly and uniformly to represent that 51%, which he often doesn't do. Um, but why, why is it the case that I can respond to a fucking poll on Instagram about whether a dress is blue and white or 
or blue and black and <laughs> sure, gold sure. and white. I know and that response about, yeah. can be encrypted and everybody's happy with the level of security. I mean, it, it just, there are like technology solutions to these problems where, you know, if we actually put some time and thought into it, we could adapt elections and government and, you know, the management of our pool of resources in a way that was a lot more efficient that didn't rely on electing old white dudes to be the proxy for 300 million people. We had you know? a middle-aged black dude recently. I don't know if you remember that. It feels like yeah, it was for so five long seconds ago. until we decided <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, we got a good eight years, but unfortunately, we've taken like 16 steps backwards since then. So, I have a I have a thought. Little thing as you were talking about this. What if each of us as citizens that were interested in voting, part of you registering to vote meant that you had to pay a certain amount of money per year. I understand that this is like a citizen's right. I get that. But in order to put some skin in the game so we have some responsibility, you have to pay into it. And when you pay into it, that becomes the, the budget, okay, for, for, for uh, ad. And when it gets to solidifying who the candidates are, like when they accept their nominations or whatever, you as the citizen are unable to vote Unless you, I don't know, they prepare some research document, okay? Uh, they do a, it's not a slander campaign. It's none of that bullshit. It's just you get to know what this person is like and you have to like study it, you know? Maybe there's a course. Maybe it's a couple hours long, which is obviously very brief anyway for someone that's going to be governing for a whole country and a whole economy. But you put your money in and your money goes to this pool and the pool goes to giving out information and educating citizens. And then before you vote, you have to have consumed this and then you make an educated vote instead of just fucking marketing bullshit to peddle emotions to people to make decisions about who's going to run a country. What if instead... Okay. These people just weren't... <laughs> you didn't like it. <laughs> there were, I, well, yeah, and you can poke holes in this too. I, I think that there are potential points of problematic. Uh, there's, yeah, there's... There could be issues with either, either... I mean, all of these have fucking issues. But anyway, I guess... So I was watching like the, the Tesla shareholder meeting the other day uh, on YouTube. And they were pulling everybody in real time, uh, the shareholders based on the number of shares that they hold and whatever, but they get like, you know, votes in topics on the agenda. Like, Hey, we're going to appoint this new board member, everybody vote. And then they're like, okay, we have a majority. We think it'll pass. We'll know in a couple of days with people that are still voting, like, you know, not in real time digitally, but like we have an indication that it looks like it's going to pass. It's like stuff like that. Like ignoring the technology concerns. Obviously we had things from like the, um, uh, what was it like in Iowa this year where they contracted some shitty third party to build mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. voting uh, software and that didn't work. But like these are solvable problems like encryption, security, you know, tie it to everybody's social security number. If you want to, you could vote securely, digitally, have it only counted one time and it basically be unhackable. Like I'm confident that a solution like that could be come up with more secure than fucking writing on a piece of paper and handing it mm -hmm. to a stranger at a school <laughs> like digitally would be the way to go. So let's assume that that's all solvable. Why do we even have to have these proxies anymore? Why can't we be like abortion? What does everybody think? You've got a fucking week, log into the, you know, us gov app and you sign up with your social and you, you vote on the issue and we don't, I don't My need issue. I have one. Oh God, I'll let you finish it. And then I have a rebuttal. Sorry. Well, I'm interested to hear a rebuttal so I can just crush it, but <laughs> The rebuttal being, we're not all legal experts, so just because there's an opinion or someone drafted something, we wouldn't know if it was constitutional. We would hear so, arguments. I mean, you could certainly like listen to both sides. There would still be political parties. What I'm saying is, like at the end of the day, they should act as informers, not as like sole decision makers, because otherwise, nothing gets done. And when it comes to something like abortion, yeah, I'm not a legal expert, but I can I can cast I have an opinion on that. But just spell out the objective facts of it. Like, what? Why, why is this an issue? Why do we care? And what are we voting on? Okay, so if it's like, hey, campaign finance you, reform. I feel like you picked the worst example only because clearly it's been such a difficult It's a, It's one of the best examples because it's very polarizing and it would be very easy to sure. say like just yes or no. Most people can answer that question. Do you think that abortion should be legal? They could answer that instantly without having to consult any sort of like, you know, 
lawyer. Your thing that. is getting rid of a constitution, though. You're suggesting that that doesn't exist. No, I'm just I'm, I'm recommending an amendment where we change the structure so that we're not relying on a proxy, 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 proxy that's seven layers detached from me and I have no means of influencing and they operate unchecked for two to four years. You know, that's right, problematic. If you, if you wrote a bill and you wanted people to vote on it, there would be no What's balance a bill? of power. What's a bill, bill now? A bill is made up of a bunch of bullshit. It's one thing that I'm they not put on the face of it. I'm not disagreeing with that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, but I think that's an example, a little too like expedious or whatever it's called, whatever the proper word is. Here. Of course, there's nuance here. I'm just saying, like, in the case of, I can't tell you something that they fucking passed lately, but like, healthcare for all, that's something that if there would still be elected officials, they would put their plans together, and then rather than them voting on it amongst themselves and being deadlocked and flip-flapping back and forth, instead, again, I think if you ask most of the country, like, do you think, if this is the cost, you're effective tax rate and you could do this all digitally you could explain it very easily dynamically i could say like okay we know that your tax basis is x based on your last you know your 2019 tax filing you would pay 300 dollars a year more in taxes but you would have some very basic level of coverage that you wouldn't have to worry about you wouldn't have to like if you lost your job you'd still be covered you'd have x grace period like just boil it down to the objective output not the politicized bullshit and then give a each individual a chance to cast their vote and there's you know perhaps there's only two options or maybe there's three or four options we would be able to support things like that we wouldn't have to polarize things but offering you know alternatives to red versus blue who's got the who's got 51 seats when we have i mean this is this is how we solve every other problem today in the free market with all these digital solutions that we have. I just don't, I mean, it's, it seems to me like there'd be a way to make that work. Yes. It's I, easier. I'm okay with that. the proxies. I opposed to your, I'm opposed to your idea. I'm okay with the proxies. I want better proxies and I want a process. Sure. I want to like, decide you know, on better proxies. I want a gold car, but <laughs> I don't I, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I worry about that just based on how, um, we can make decisions on emotion and if the marketing still exists the same sort of way and campaign marketing exists the same sort of way and people make decisions on emotion, uh, it could be, you could fragment it in a certain way. Like I'm not saying that yes, every individual needs to be like when it comes to some intense legal matter that most laymen are not going to be able to understand then, okay, surely like we don't want to rely on just everyone casting their vote individually on that it will also become very onerous if we didn't bundle stuff together because there's a lot of nuance and a lot of things that need to be thought through that we don't have the time to be each that's right. individual spending you know weeks a yeah. year going through this but what I'm, I'm i guess for more like social issues and things like that and to lighten the load and to not polarize every societal issue it seems to me like that would be a mechanism that could be put in place. It's not like this is going anywhere. It's not like the internet and technology and access to it is going to go backward. Um, you know, like there are, there are things that I think you can borrow from business. For example, like we do a lot of, as a lot of big companies do, we use the service when the, like our CEO gives big talks and people are posting questions in real time on the service and you can up and down vote. You have like, you can up and down vote, uh, the other suggestions people have made. And then at the end, you know, however much time he has left, he'll answer like 10 questions. So the only, you know, the ones that have been posted and have gotten the most upvotes net will float to the top naturally because presumably mm-hmm. they have the most interest from the masses. And then he'll be like, okay, this one. And sometimes, I mean, there's shit that maybe he doesn't want to answer, you know, but you still have a proxy though with the CEO. Right. But the question, yeah. we're getting questions in front of him, he's answering them, and then ultimately, like, that's that's like a way for the individuals to connect from the bottom to the top very quickly. Show me a way that you can do that today with our, our existing form of government, like, the no, couple no, times a year. I'm okay with that idea if that's a way to get, you know, citizens more connected with, uh, you know, the politicians that they're either going to elect or have elected. I think that that's a good a good way to make use of a proxy for sure. I, I'm more okay with that idea, but in general, just the way that we choose who these people, the, the matter of 
more money. This is like the most caveman shit ever. Like big stick, win election. Big money, you know, it's like, let's just, here, let's just go all out then. We'll just, fuck it. Let's just, the most powerful person, I don't know. We'll give uh, Jeff Bezos, we'll just let him rule until he's not the wealthiest guy anymore. You think just... he won't run for president at some point? <laughs> yeah, I, I hope not. I hope not. I hope he sticks to doing what he does. You know, like it would just stay in your lane. It doesn't have to be a, a popularity contest and everyone gets huffy and, you know, like big headed. And in many ways, it's like <sighs> the rate it's going, uh, Amazon might be larger than the U.S. economy. I mean, I'm joking, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he, why be president when you're just that's just like a demotion. I'd yeah, maybe this problem solves itself once all the corporations <laughs> get so big that they're just effectively right. running the world. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. I don't know. I mean, I guess we uh, gone off topic to just like restructuring the government in general. But I think from a camp- campaign finance perspective, to me, there are several clear things that we could do to at least hedge the issues as they stand. You know, there had I think there should be limits put in place. I don't think corporations should be able to contribute, you know, unlimited sums of money to political parties and candidates. Um, it just like the, that those two things alone i think would make huge improvements um in this day and age where information does flow freely where and and, and attack ads run on your merit i don't want to hear from you why the other guy is not qualified really at all tell me why you want me to vote for you don't tell me why i shouldn't vote for the other guy because that's not how that shouldn't be how like awesome. decisions are made yeah, how's this not slander? Like, I can't make an ad about McDonald's. If it's not shitty. untrue, that's one thing. But it's just like, you know, I don't go to it when when it's up when you're up for a promotion. You're not like, well, listen, boss. You know, I don't want to talk about the things that I've done, which maybe aren't that impressive. What I want to talk to you about is Susie, who is fucking terrible. Let's just talk about that instead. And I'm going to tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't promote her. And then at the end, the decision should just be, well, because if not her, then me, that should be your thought process. I mean, that's effectively like, that's all attack ads are. Or just let me shit on this other person. And then real quick at the end, it's like, I promise not to be fucking terrible. Right, right. It's like, okay, well, you're going to break that promise. They all do. So all I'm going off of is how terrible the opposition is. Cool. So what's the formula in summary? Low, we're going to have a cap on spend. Cap on spend. Corporations no longer can, can contribute. There should be a cap on campaign time too, I feel like. Campaign time cap, especially for sitting elected representatives. I mean, yeah, right. I guess only for sitting. We can, if you're a private individual, do whatever the fuck you want. We can't really regulate that. Um, yeah. I mean, those no those slander are, campaigns. This no attack ads. Law. This is a no no. No no. I would personally like to see longer terms. Controversial, I know, but how much longer? I, I don't know. Double, two. Like, what is two years? Do you do you even know who the like? Do the constituents even know who you are in two years? Like, right. are you gonna really get something done? I don't know. Or are you still playing the game of "Hey, how's it going? Get to know me." Hey, how's it going? Or like the other the other people that you're working with, do they know you? Like, I don't know. I, in I just the legislative, feel like I mean, yeah, I would agree. For- like, two years is not a very long time for president. I would be a little bit worried about going to like you know doubling that to eight or something. That's a long fucking time. But um, what if you did one term limit, but they were eight years? I mean, that could be another way to, that could be interesting. Where it's like, sure, you can't get. They don't have to worry about getting reelected because it's not it's not possible, right? But they'll get as much time as they would have if they got reelected. So it's like, yeah, we should take the election more seriously. But then we're also going to like have some momentum in it. We're not just going to be, you know, two years in and then talking immediately about reelection and whether or not that's going to happen. Because I feel like I've seen stats where they talk about what presidents have accomplished in like their first term versus second term. I mean, it's interesting looking at like what they do when they're trying to get reelected and then what they then do mm-hmm. when they don't have the pressure of that need to get reelected and whether or not, you know, focusing on campaigning and all that shit. Um, but yeah, changes there could be interesting as well. But from the finance perspective, I think there are some easiest, easy, obvious wins that uh, could be enacted for sure. Word. I think that's all I have. I think it needs a change. <laughs> 
but we'll talk about this now and then we'll likely forget about it until there's another huge election cycle coming up and then maybe we'll still be talking about the same thing then and nothing we might not be it sounds like uh our current uh, leader might not want to uh hand power over when when he if he potentially loses the election so that could be an interesting i think that's a popularity contest that's what i think that is i think any way to catch a buzz is this guy's this guy's way anyway put me in fucking any magazine anything that gets me published i don't really care it's a pretty bad thing to be of course quoted and saying this is this is why you don't you don't take a celebrity on. This yeah, is, this is the big issue because you just want to be a celebrity. That's all. You we'll don't see. Do a job. couple months, man. <laughs> what are we? It's it's October. Not even a couple months. Jesus, yeah. I don't know. I, f- I forget like daily now what day and week and month it is. <laughs> it's, it's all the like, same. I know. <laughs> so it's about to be October. Yeah, we're almost a little little over a month out. It's, the world's gonna change again. Like it does every two to four years. Yippee. Fun, fun. All right. All right. I'm going to go. We solved another problem, didn't I'm, we? I'm going to go raise unlimited sums of money so I can become president. I'm going to do that. And then I'm just going to take bribes. And then I'm just going to buy whatever I want to buy with my money instead of governing. Because why do something responsible if I'm going to hold a position in power when I can just. Just be corrupt, dude. Myself. Who cares? <laughs> I'll vote for you. All right. Cool, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.